heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. My fellow Americans, there's so much to keep up with. Uh, pe- people are challenged with uh, what exactly are the, are the priorities. And I'm going to spell out the priorities today for you on this edition of The Voice of a Nation. And this is a roundtable. I'm really excited to have three terrific people on introduce in just a moment. Let me tell you the topics today. We're going to talk about the 2024 election, uh, the debates that have been going on, Donald Trump. Uh, of course, people are saying RFK could be a spoiler with Biden and uh, with uh, Trump. And uh, there's more to that story as well. Uh, we'll talk about that today. And then in another segment, we'll talk about the leftist doctrines must be exposed as lies. And we'll get into more of this doctrine of social justice and a lot of these lies that are being propagated by the media and the Marxist left. And nobody ever corrects the lies is the problem. They, we just keep moving forward. And what does that really mean? It gets us into a lot of trouble is what it means. We'll talk about that today. And what do you think about the new speaker? Uh, speaker Mike Johnson. Interesting fellow. He has got uh, the left pretty unglued. Uh, they're already calling him names, of course, uh, for a lot of reasons we'll talk about today. Uh, we've got the Israel-Ukraine funding that is hot. A government shutdown that's coming quick or a stopgap, a CR. Now, the continuing resolution will be needed if they're going to prevent that. That will be a real challenge for the speaker. Uh, but they're working uh, overtime for sure to get through that one. So we got all this we're going to do today. And I'll introduce you now and uh, to the uh, distinguished uh, uh, roundtable panel we'll have on here. Daniel Baranowski joins me. And uh, he's a retired healthcare management and policy instructor at the Harvard University School of Public Health. Uh, fantastic. Patricia Antone is here. She's author, activist, constitutional conservative, uh, and uh, really uh, analyzes things, as she says, to the backdrop of our Constitution. Not a bad way to be friends, for sure. And uh, the one and only author, speaker, Paul Engel, is here. Uh, spent a lot of years. Uh, what I love about Paul is the two most important, uh, really, documents are uh, really in our, I think, our in history. And it's going to be the Bible and the United States Constitution. Paul teaches those, and that puts him a, a leg up on everybody, I think, in that regard. And of course, uh, he is the host of the Constitution Study here on America Out Loud Talk Radio as well. So let's get started and open this thing right up here. And uh, and here's the thing I want to start with this 2024 election. And so here it is. And, and Daniel, let me throw this curveball right out to you. And before we get into the debates and sort of a, a tweet you had put out a while back. Let me say this. A lot of people are wondering about Biden, if he's going to be there in the end or what's going to happen. And you've been hearing a lot of the news stories on this. It's getting late. It's getting late. You know, the Nevada was already closing down, getting on the ballot, your name and what have you, you know, and all the states that follow that. Here's the thing with uh, Biden. I, I think, you know, the Democrat Party always chooses the candidate, as we found out with Donna Brazil and we found out with Hillary Clinton. Uh, the, the people, Americans, don't choose the Democrat candidate, clearly. I, it's not as far as I can see. Uh, so this will be no different again, just like when they didn't want Bernie Sanders in the last couple of elections. 
So my guess is uh, they'll take the delegates. It's too late now to flip them in and out now. But I think at the last minute, he probably will take a, a, a parting gift by pardoning his family. Doing the What he's going to say is he's you know got to do the right thing for his family. And he's going to give this to Gavin Newsom will come in on the horse uh, or the donkey even. Probably come in on a jackass, Daniel, is what I'm guessing. I don't really know. But uh, so what do you think of that it's a juxtaposition? Malcolm, first. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a, it really is an honor and pleasure to be here today with you. Secondly, with your indulgence, I'd like to wish a happy birthday, a 240th birthday to the U.S. Marine Corps and a, a happy birthday or a happy uh, holiday tomorrow on Veterans Day. I mean, two really important things to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, this thing with Biden is sort of a, a curious. Uh, I've been wondering about this for the last 18 months and. And uh, I've been in and out on Biden as to whether he's going to stay or not. I mean, Jill is determined that even if he's a corpse, he is going to be a candidate uh, for the presidency. That seems to be the driving force behind a lot of this. But I think they're they're in quite a dilemma about what to do because of Kamala Harris and having somebody come in and leapfrog her uh, if Joe should bow out for any reason. I think the only reason that Joe won't be there uh uh, for this election is if there's some untoward major catastrophic health event. One of the interesting things, if you followed all these elections, you keep wondering why the Democrats keep doing so well. And there's this attribution that goes to Joe Biden. He must be doing a good job. Look at how our results have turned out. I don't think there's much of a correlation between the two. And I think that they really are in trouble uh, the Democrats are, because I think when the vote comes down to about Joe Biden in particular, he's going to get trounced. And I think some of these early polls that we've been seeing on a national scale now are showing that even Trump is beating him. And that that seems to be just uh, unrealistic. Now, well, let me interject. Trump. When you say even Trump, now let me pause that thought right there, yeah. because you get me. When you say even Trump, sounds like you were saying like, wow, even Trump, like, all right, well, let's talk about that a moment here, because you sure. put a tweet out recently and went with the last debate there, and you said, the more I hear from Nikki Haley, the more I like Ron DeSantis. Chris Christie <laughs> has to go. I love Vivek's, uh, Vivek's uh, first uh, fire, fire, but he's green. Uh, Scott is such a good man, but not presidential. God bless Donald Trump. We need him now. So is Donald Trump the last man standing in this case, or does somebody else take it? No, I think he is the uh, first and last and every man standing in between. I think that he, he will continue to to hold the party's attention. And I don't think you take a look at th these three debates. The first debate, 13 million viewers. The second debate, 9 million. This last one hardly reached 5 million people wow. watching it and and even though this last one was a far more consolidated more interactive uh debate and it was on network tv it wasn't on cable like the first two ones i think that people have made their mind up pretty much and you know there's only really two people competing at this point and it's desantis and it's haley uh, for these things that I, there's more stuff that's going to come out about the two of them scott would make a wonderful preacher but I just don't think he's ever going to be a presidential material. And, you know, uh, Christie, I don't I don't who knows why Christie is in this other than to secure uh, a lifelong seat at, at ABC News doing commentary. You know, it's going to be CNN, I think, you know. For yeah. Sure. What about Ramaswamy? What about Ramaswamy? Ramaswamy, you know, 
I've liked him from the beginning. His foreign policy is just out to lunch. But he said some things in this last debate that I thought were really critical. He came right out and asked Kristen Welker what she was doing on the stage when she supported this whole phony baloney about the Russia collusion story for four years. And she's got the nerve to show up on these panels and question Republican candidates for the presidency about things. I mean, the credibility is is, is just shot. And he also took a shot at uh, Ronna McDaniels, which uh, I think was well-placed. I think a lot of people are very upset that we didn't change leadership in that particular category where we had a chance just about four or five months ago. So I think there's a, you know, Republicans, we don't, we don't have unified messaging. I mean, you you see this array of of, yeah. of uh, differences and stuff, but but Trump is in the driver's seat, and Trump okay. is in the driver's seat for one key reason, and that is he wants to come back and show everybody the first time wasn't a fluke. Well, that he well, really, that and, he, and people say he wants to get even. Uh, they well, say he wants to get even, but he, yeah. you know, if anyone knows the mistakes Trump made, yeah. it's Trump. And I think that Trump wants to go back and correct well, those mistakes. Sure, and one of them would be hiring the right people around you. Oh, he, isn't that which? The truth? Well, which he points out in his book, uh, that is the essence of leadership. And frankly, Daniel, uh, yes, he screwed that one up big time the first go around. I'm sorry to tell you, you know. Well, he well he did, and he had he had too many spies, you know, that were sitting. Right well, he's the one who put Christopher Ray in, and he even oh, endorsed James Comey up front. He, I mean, he made some tremendous yeah, blunders. Yeah. Uh, These are absolutely. things he would have to fix. All right, stay right there, Daniel. Let's move it around here. Paul, I want to get you in on this now and uh, this conversation. Do you do you have a difference of opinion on if is it is it Trump and Biden at the end of the day when this thing uh, gets going, or do you have a difference of opinion on? Well, I don't know. So it's not so much Trump versus Biden; it's donkeys versus elephants. Whoever they put up front right. is you know, people are the majority of people are going to vote based on whether they've got a D after their name or an R after their name. And it's that. Uh, so you don't think it matters who the candidates are? It's not that it doesn't matter. It, it's like the it's the last little bit. It's like the it's it's like the, the foam on the cappuccino. Right? right. It's mostly coffee and steamed milk. The candidate becomes the foam. And, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure Trump is going to be there. I'm just not sure if Biden's going to survive long enough. You know, we talk about major medical. All he's got to do is fall down those Air Force One steps the wrong way. And voila, right. President Kamala Harris. Right, um, right, right, you know, right. We've made do, ourselves. Do, do you think we could uh, we could we uh, pay somebody, Paul, to push him down the stairs? <laughs> oh, excuse uh, me. I, I don't I don't think he needs help. Then again, he tends <laughs> to fall upstairs, not downstairs. So maybe, you know, once he figures that out and he starts falling downstairs, you know, it, it might work out, but right. you know, I, I don't wish ill on people, but let's face it. Um, I don't need, well, hold on. Let me address that there. I don't either to be frank with you, Paul, but when they're, when, but when they're destroying our country, I do wish ill on them, by the way. Well, the problem is um, even if you take out the shenanigans, mm -hmm. tens of millions of people voted for this gentleman to have their States elect this gentleman as the, uh, the, the chief executive, right. um, you know, we made this bed as a people. We've made this bed and we're living in it. All right. Uh, Let me know. ask a couple other things. What do you think of this? I, I'm curious to get your opinion. What do you think of this Ramaswamy uh, guy? Um, you like him? Yeah. I mean, do you like him or no? Is he vanilla or do you like him? Uh, I like some of his ideas. I, I'm not so much curious if he's what, what, what people refer to as presidential, because that's 
that's more of an image thing. But understand, when it comes to the debate, to me, that's just a clown show. Right. Um, but does his personality Ramaswamy, rub you the wrong way, Ramaswamy? Not a, no, not his personality, but some of his policies, I don't think. They, they don't make sense. and They're not constitutional. Oh, you mean the one that says, let's lock ourselves in the country and not bother any other country on the planet? That one you mean? Actually, that's much closer to what George Washington thought. George Washington warned us to stay out of foreign entanglements. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, but it's this, uh, it's this, it's not so much his personality. It's the fact that the election seems to come down much more on personality and showmanship than it does policy. Even when we're talking policy, we're really talking about, well, how did the person present their policy? That's why I refer to debates. These are just clown shows. These are these are scripted clown shows. And, you know, for example, Ramaswamy had some he had some very um, I like lines, interesting lines. I'm not I, I can't prove it. Wouldn't surprise you one little bit if they were written for him and he had his little cue card and he was just waiting for the right time to drop that bomb. Yeah, the you know we've turned the president into a celebrity rather than a chief executive. Well, or or and rather than a servant of the people, uh, for sure. Not and, even close. <laughs> and none of them are doing that anymore, for damn sure. Okay, Paul, stay right there. Let's get over to Patricia and get her opening remarks on this one here, Patricia. Uh, what do you see within the cast right now of, for instance, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, Ramaswamy, uh, and uh, and Scott Tim Scott with that group versus Trump? What do you what what's your pick there? What what's what, what well, there's, there's there's two things that I, I I feel like that are are not really going are not really being said, and that is that the political persecution of Trump, the all of these candidates are beneficiaries of that. And by being beneficiaries of that, they're also co-signing what the Democrats are doing in in conducting a political persecution. So that's that's one point. And then the and and where they're doing so without without mentioning the fact that that this is a political persecution. Well, let's actually, stop there a moment. They're all what you're saying is they're all avoiding the elephant in the room, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and they're benefit. They're attempting to benefit. No, that's not to say that I believe that people like Chris Christie or Nikki Haley, even or Tim Scott. I don't think they have an expectation necessarily of of winning the nomination right. from a man who's who's ahead by, you know, 50 and 60 points. I don't know what the heck it is today, but right. I don't think they have a realistic. Expect. I think what they're doing is that they're repositioning themselves and they're trying to create distance between themselves and Trump right. in order to reposition themselves for some future okay. endeavor. And your point is well taken. Now, what about Biden? Is he left standing when this thing goes into the general election or not? I don't believe he is. I don't believe he is. And I, I think you're, you um, you may be, I, I think, seeing Kennedy come in there at the last mm -hmm. minute, I think what they'll well, do Well, he's an independent now. The Democrats are not going to take him. So let me, he won't be, he, he will not head up the Democrat ticket, to be sure. Okay. okay. Yeah, because okay. he's an independent. So he's now out of there. And they don't want him anyways. The one who they would put in there would be Newsom. Uh, people keep saying Michelle Obama. Uh, does anyone think Michelle Obama, uh, what a poll, uh, any of you think Michelle Obama is uh, a real option for the Democrat Party at the last minute? They're Hail Mary, I'm asking. Or do you, Patricia, as well? Do you see her as an option? I don't see her as an option. I don't see because I, I think the Obama presidency is being discredited. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Paul, what about you? Yes, no. 
I, I don't think so. I think for purely pragmatic reasons of, um, you know, people tend to like her, but she's got n- no real policy background. So uh-huh. it would be it, it'd be the same nonsense as, as as electing Biden. You have an empty suit into which you could throw in whatever the 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 uh, political party wants. All right. Daniel, do you do you think that's I mean, you on social media, I'm sure you hear they, sure. they throw that around all the time. Is that a real thing or not? No, it's it's not a real thing. That, I, additionally, she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to undergo the scrutiny that's going to come out about you know, their time in, in, in religion in Chicago and a lot of other kinds of things, all the That's money right. they've made. Uh, it, no, she doesn't want any part of that. I agree. Now, Barack, Barack is already in the White House. So I was going to say, but don't you think he would want her because he would that would be his fourth term? That would be his fourth term. And right. he might be pushing for that. But, you know, life is just too good and too comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and and so what? He can direct policy yeah. anyway with whoever. Right. Oh, he's doing it. With. He's doing it now. Yeah. I don't right. I don't see her either as a viable option. But let me get back to Patricia and ask you this, Patricia. In regards mm-hmm. to Biden now, OK, the DNC always picks the candidate. I'm not being funny. It's not a humor line. It's not anything. They've been doing it right along. They did not. Bernie Sanders would have won both of those elections and they didn't want him. And they made sure damn well he was not the guy in there. We've seen the shenanigans that went on with Donna Brazil and the DNC and the corruptness behind that uh, that political party. Uh, they clearly are picking that person. What I understand is going to happen is it's too it's too much like quicksand right now to bring Biden out of this thing. They're now pushing Congress, the House, with the family, the Biden family. I, what I see happening, Patricia, and I'd like you to opine on this. I think they're going to get to the end and it's going to be they know Biden can't do this. I mean, they all know it's just they understand this gag has run its course now. They got to do something. But now they're going to collect the delegates. They're going to get in the room and then he's going to have a press conference and they're going to give him the notes ahead. And he's going to then confess to the country that he's got to pardon his family. He's going to pardon the the, the son, the uncle, the, the sister, the daughter. He's going to pardon the dog for biting all the Secret Service people. He's going to pardon the whole freaking group and probably the parakeet down the boulevard. He's going to he's going to pardon everybody there. And then he's going to say, well, my fellow Americans, but we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't do anything wrong. But I'm going to part of the family and, you know, and, I, and I, I've got to do this for my family. My family doesn't want me to run. I, it, Patricia, it's just for my family. I'm doing so you think he's going to bow? He's, yeah. You think he's just bow out on that basis and and not see, I, I've been expecting them to to actually hand him some talking points about his health and have him bow out on that basis. Well, I don't think they want to use the help, but they they may, but I think they would certainly lose the fact he's doing it for his family because his family wants him not to do this. And he's going to pardon the family because it's so egregious what's happened. This family has been un, un, uh, you know, unsightly tackled here and accused of things they never did, Patricia. They're very innocent people. You know that. Exactly. Well, then that, that, yeah, the, the pardon may well come. Yeah, exactly. I, I hadn't thought about, Pardoning everybody on the way out. But well, that, that would be his swan song. He's got to do it because you, you he's got those are the masterful powers of the president. He's got a magic wand uh, in, in the desk there. And he just takes that sucker out and boom, you turn you into a frog or a free man. If you're guilty, yeah. you know, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, da- Daniel, you think you think he part. You, do I have a point anywhere or no? Am I all? Well, I, I think the thing that is, is going to make a huge difference in his decision one way or the other is going to be impeachment. And there is going to be an impeachment. And once they start parading this stuff out, 
I think there's going to be a whole new calculus that goes on. And it's coming fast, isn't it, Daniel? Oh, it's coming fast. No, yeah. turn turn the calendar. And yeah. the Republicans don't want to do this too too quickly, and they don't want to do it too late. There's a perfect sweet spot to go ahead and but do But why this. impeach him at this point when he's going to leave anyways? Let's just throw him out and be done with it. Or as, as Paul suggested, throw him down the steps or up the steps of Air Force One. That was Paul's be- idea, not mine. Because, because the corruption goes deeper than just Joe. It really involves so much of the deep state. And by exposing all the stuff in the FBI, all the corruption in the DOJ, that this really sets up things for the Republican president's going to come in 2024 to be able to go after some of these things and to expand those investigations. You have no doubt it's going to be a Republican in 2024. No doubt. Not a a hair on your head says otherwise, right? No, not if they go forward with the impeachment because there's, you know, he won't be impeached in the end. We know that because the Democrats have the votes. That's that's not the whole issue. And and, and when the Democrats did this to to Trump, they they knew the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's it's for the, yeah, but that's why some people think it would hurt the Republicans because it's a tit for tat. All right, let me wrap this segment up here with Paul. Since I threw you under the bus, I got to give you the last word, Paul. Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm convinced that no, no matter how idiot proof you make it, they'll always make a better idiot. And I think Biden's a perfect example. Um, you know, do they impeach him? I, I don't know. Um, what what I see, though, is they've, they've backed themselves into a corner. They've got this disabled person. And his next in line is a is a cackling idiot that everybody hates. She couldn't even get one percentage point in the primary in her own home state. They've made this mess. And now what are they going to do? As you pointed out, the this is not a choice of the people. It hasn't been a choice of the no. people of the Democratic Party for at least uh, two cycles. The Republicans do the same thing, just not quite as blatantly. Um, they do it through funding and, and backdoors. But oh, that's a good point, buddy. That's a good you point. You know, we... Th- uh, um, we we've made we've made a lot of a mess, yeah. and really the question is, um, as we're watching <laughs> the political party manipulations, yeah. are the people going to follow the personality, or are they going to ask, wait a second, are you better off than you were under the last guy, That's and right. say? Yeah, okay. No, we're not. We don't care who you put up. We want somebody okay. different. All right. I got to move along here. Thanks, Paul. Uh, leave it to a constitutional guy, right? That comes out with a very, very good point there at the end. Uh, and, uh, you know, we really, I mean, come on, what what are we working with here? What are we working with here with the, with the, with the, uh, the, the cast of characters we are uh, pushing forward to be president of the United States? You know, where are all the good people? Where are all the smart people? They're they're making money in business. They're not running in politics for sure. Okay, let me tell you what we'll do now. We're going to, before we pause here, the next segment, we're going to talk about the leftist doctrines. Uh, this is going to be interesting. We'll let Patricia head this one up and then come back on the House and do all of that. Let me also remind everybody, AmericaOutloud.news uh, is, uh, as you know, is the, main, is the main site of the platform now. Uh, and by the way, I shared with you a secret the other day, but it is a secret. Do not tell anybody else about this. Only see this is the benefit of you coming here uh, that you wouldn't get this information anywhere else on on the uh, network. But I'm going to tell you the secret just between you and I. And that is we are working uh, super hard right now uh, on uh, the, uh, the on the network, the platform here. Uh, and we'll have a whole new site again, moving the bar forward, raising the bar once again. It is going to be spectacular, uh, just absolutely spectacular kick-ass. Once again, we're going to raise the bar. 
And this is going to be very shortly. I can't give any dates or anything else, but it's being worked on very hard right now. Really super excited about some of the things coming up here. And uh, as we get ready again, uh, this will be well in place before our eighth anniversary in April, uh, by the way. And don't forget our newsletters come out every Wednesday. Uh, just so you can actually just send your email address into liberty at americaoutloud.com. Uh, ask for the newsletter, just put the word newsletter and we'll put you on the list or just right at the contact button at americaoutloud.news. Uh, just send it in that way as well. Uh, and there's also a newsletter subscription uh, box right there. And once a week, every Wednesday, you'll get the newsletter. We Everybody wanted that. They asked for it for years. We finally launched it, uh, oh, maybe about six months ago. It's been very successful. We have an incredible open rate I brag about. I got to brag again here on that open rate. Most people in newsletters, when they send them out, they may get a 5%, 10% open rate if they're lucky. And that's an open rate that actually open the thing and read it. Our open rate is runs between 45 and 50 percent. Well, that's what I would say, friends. People wanted it. They got it and they're reading it and they love it. So as we say, put that in your in your pipe and smoke it, as they always say. Right. It's a beautiful thing in the neighborhood here. We're going to take a quick pause and we'll join you just on the other side. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Liberty at americaoutloud.com. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. And as we join you back here, this is a VON roundtable, a Voice of a Nation roundtable. And we go through its fast pace through these three uh, interesting segments, different topics all the way around with three experts. And today we have on here Paul Engel, uh, author, speaker, constitutional scholar, Patricia uh, Antone, author, great author, activist, uh, uh, constitutional conservative, and uh, Daniel Baranowski, uh, just uh, an amazing uh, talent is what he is. He's a retired healthcare management and policy instructor, brilliant writer when I can get him to write, but that's another story for another day. Um, see that when, when people can't talk and they're muted, that's the perfect time to call them out. All right, let's move this along now to uh, Patricia. Let's get you on here. Uh, all right, so you say here, the doctrine of social justice is comprised of the most effective set of lies ever devised for the purpose of transferring the power and dignity of the individual to the hands of the regime. When industry leaders, employers, politicians, policy proposals, and political parties are again measured against the plumb line of true morality, sanity, order, and morality can again prevail. I thought that was an exquisite phrase there on this leftist doctrines must be exposed as lies. Tell us, uh, summarize what the problem is here. Well, the, the problem is that they take a lie and and basically sidestep the whole idea of analyzing that for does it make sense. They sidestep that by couching it in a false morality. In other words, giving people an opportunity to virtue signal. 
So instead of uh, instead of at inviting people to to say, uh, oh, okay, I'm going to help out cleaning up the the environment and so forth like this, and saying something that makes sense, what they'll do is they'll say you have to save the planet by suppressing your carbon footprint, and because they couch that in a moralizing sort of way, they win they win the argument by sidestepping by sidestepping it. Basically, we're not going to have the argument where we're simply going to to post it a, uh, a some moralized version of it and, and well once they let me ask it. you this once they put it out there what i find is they you it, what happens is and the right screws this up every time they go ahead and fight about the nuances of the debate which should have never been had in the first place but they exactly. put it out there and it really pisses me off every time they do that patricia and, and instead of becoming and instead of saying no, um, carbon is not a pollutant and no human behavior does not control the climate. Instead right. of stopping it there, what they do is they are afraid of being called amoral here because yeah, yeah. they have already said that, oh, and anybody who disagrees is trying to kill the planet. So so then they give a yeah, but argument. Yeah, but we can't afford it. And so, yeah, yeah. it's always that, the it always is the bot, isn't it? The, the yeah, it's a yeah, but uh, argument. So so the whole uh, sexual dimorphism, we're going to we're going to deny yeah. that that human beings come in male and female forms. Right. So let's deny that. And anybody who challenges that is not being inclusive. Well, then you're a, a bad person because you're not inclusive. It's another moral judgment rendered on on disagreement. And so instead of 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 upholding the science and and uh and arguing well, straightforward they go yeah but yeah but we can't do that because let so, me ask you this why is the left so much better at that fight than the right i think it's because they they again they they appropriate morality in a in a very sick and twisted way and i think the solution every one of the lies that they they give and, and promote here is designed to aggregate power to the ruling class, right? Every single one is designed to to basically diminish the individual, the Well, that down just a little bit. Does everybody hear what Patricia is saying about the ruling class? Uh, let, let that be an echo. Say that again, Patricia. That was music to my ears. <laughs> well, yeah, because the ruling class doesn't consist only of, of people in government. They've, they've appropriated, they've conscripted a lot of industry leaders and everything else. So it becomes a ruling class. And so that is just about as fascist as it becomes, right? But but the whole idea here is that we're going to tell lies and get get people on board with lies that that put more power on the ruling class. And the ancillary there is that, of course, the individual person is less and less regarded in, in the equal standing of her, his life and rights. But but see, the very thing that causes leftism to be such an insidious corruption on every blessed thing that it touches is also its Achilles heel. Because if we have the courage to stand up for actual morality, morality is regard for each individual human being and the equal standing of his life and rights. Right. And if we have the courage to stand for actual morality and to measure every one of these lies against actual morality, mm -hmm. it will fail. Yeah, yeah. Well, morality and truth would be a whole, would be a recipe we could use, couldn't it? You know, really. Absolutely. And we don't Absolutely. have it. Uh, Daniel, uh, let's let's get you in on this here. It, it really is a left versus right uh, part of this conversation, as Patricia points out, with the ruling class. 
the left, they throw these things out there. They get the hit. They get the hit. The, all the media jumps on it. They have the support of the media. It it, it goes out there. It was even like this for the election, by the way. The lies that were thrown out, and they started to debate down on the crumbs on the ground, the various components of the ballot harvest and the dead people vote and all the various nuances. But a lot of the stuff at the top, they never get back to the real argument or the debate that they throw out there to begin with. And I find this happens on about everything. I think the left is, uh, they're playing a pretty uh, a pretty crooked game, but they're on, but they do it. They get away with it. And the right continues to acquiesce. What do you see? If you take a look at the history of totalitarianism and these states like Russia and, and the Bolshevik Revolution and these other places, the coin of the realm is fear. And the Democrat Party that does truly hate America, they rule by fear within the party and externally as well by having uh, co-opt so many other groups in this thing. But if you dare, and we're seeing this play out right now, you, you know, with uh, anti-Semitism that's going on in the country. If you stand up and say, I support Israel, you're going to get stoned. And anybody that speaks out in any of these things, they they get crushed right away. Even you, they, they put out daily bulletins on what the talking phrase or the words are of the day. But they punish through uh, cancel culture in any other way. Even people in the party, they discipline them right away. We don't do that in the Republican Party. And I'm not saying that's a model for things to happen. But you can see the different voices. And it always seems like, you know, we have sort of a say what say what you think kind of thing in the Republican Party. And that isn't cohesive messaging if you're going to try and win some of these struggles and go up against them. And instead, we have individuals coming out against that. You know, one of the really curious things, too, is... All these university presidents have failed to come out, and I say that generally, there are a few, to condemn all the things that are going on on campus now with anti-Semitism. And ironically, there's only one governor that I'm aware of that even came out and took issue with this, Ron DeSantis here in Florida, mm. went ahead and outlawed these organizations under the banner of Students for Justice in Pal at Palestine. That are, those student organizations that receive support from CARE and many of the other uh, uh, pro-Palestinian uh, uh, entities, the, um, uh, they have come out and claimed that, that they're, uh, they're not in support of Palestine or the things that have gone on these last 30 days, they are part of that movement. They include themselves as one with the people there th that are slaughtering people. And so it's a really crazy thing. That whole, that whole argument is built on lies. That whole oh. discussion is built on lies. It's terrible what's put out there. And people are consuming this information. And the rest of us are left here shaking our heads as to no, how does no, this no. happen, right? Let me just squeeze this in here. A really important thing happened this week. Barry Weiss, who you may or may not know, she started Substack after she was an editor at the New York Times and resigned there over a, she is Jewish. She came out with an article this week in Tablet, which everybody should take a look at. And she's calling for the end of DEI. 
all the sinister and all the pernicious things that have come out from diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she is as left as you can get left. Wow. Wow. Uh, And 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 even she sees the poison, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And nothing could be more exemplatory of it than this anti-Semitism that's going on. Let me get Paul in here. Paul, let's let's, let's go there as well with uh, this leftist doctrines and the lies, which is something you talk about all the time. Uh, Yeah, take it. Well, it's funny, Um, quote unquote, leftists, um, they always judge themselves by their intentions and base everything on their intentions, whether it works or not. And the perfect example is the last hundred and what, 20, 30 years of progressivism. So we must have progress, but we never ask progress to what? And I think over the last uh, decade or so, the answer is progress to communism. Progress to Marxism, Maoism, fascism, totalitarian progress to we have a ruling class and you will sit down, shut up. You'll own nothing. Now they never admit that, Paul, what you just said, though. They call it a democracy. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because I remember a gentleman uh, long, long ago said that democracy was the key to socialism. His name was Vladimir Lenin, if my memory is correct. We are not a democracy for a good reason. But the problem is we never stop and say, okay, DEI. Well, is DEI effective? Is it, does it, what is, what is the practical response to it? They simply say, this is what we want, whether it works or not, doesn't matter. And way too many people, not parties, but way too many people let them get away with it. They simply make flagrant statements, statements that are flagrantly wrong. We never ask them to prove it. We never ask them to, we never hold them accountable when they're wrong. Even when it involves hundreds of millions of people putting an experimental drug in their arm, tens of thousands of people dead, maybe hundreds of thousands, depending on which numbers you look at. We never look at that. They simply stake the ground and assume that is now truth. Gospel cannot be changed. And we move with it. We never stop and say, wait a second. No, that's a, that's a bald faced lie. It's, it's one of the reasons why, I refuse to refer to somebody who claims to be transgender as the sex they want, because that's a lie. Um, you know, the the uh, we have to stop capitulating to the lie yeah. simply because somebody says so. And, yeah, people are afraid that you'll get called names. You know what name calling is? It's the last it's the last resort of the idiot who has no other argument. Yeah, for sure. And we see it all the time. And people, they give up easy. You're exactly right. They don't stand up for the truth. Uh, and uh, they, they crumble. I mean, it's that simple. And it happens all the time. We see it here. Uh, so, all right, this format, friends, uh, the Voice of a Nation roundtable here. Let me give you an email address. And uh, as I told you last time we did this, I'd love to have your feedback on this uh, format for, for sure. And uh, as I've used some of them before on air, I've read them on air on our broadcast. Uh, just send them into liberty at americaoutloud.com. Your comments on this format, uh, the, the pace and the speed of the, the, the segments and some of the, the, the roundtable aspect of this, I think, is unique. Uh, so I'd love to hear from you. Uh, liberty at americaoutloud.com. Uh, also, let me again remind you about americaoutloud.shop. And uh, that's where we have all of the great products in there that we have negotiated all those prices uh, for us, you hear the you hear all the uh, hosts talking about it. Our medical doctors, naturopathic doctors, nurses, 
A lot of the hosts like Paul Engel here uh, talk about it, but some of the greatest products to help you live a healthier life, number one, For uh, and we all need that. And I took my healthy cell today, by the way, my immune super boost. You can better believe both my wife and I did. I take it out. We take a whole bunch of things with it. It's fantastic uh, because of what's in it. And uh, But you got uh, all of those great products with healthy cell, and you get to 25% off that first order. Just use the code out loud. But you also have the wellness company, Spike Support, helps people get through vaccine injuries, long COVID, that kind of thing. Uh, we've got other great products in there. Global Healing has some amazing products uh, that will help you. Uh, they have a product for the Spike uh, protein buildup. And that's a problem a lot of people are struggling with, frankly. Uh, and take a look while you're there at Cofix RX as well. It's got a new product, a throat spray to complement the uh, nasal hygiene and you get 25% off that as well. Out loud is the code you use there in all of these products, and you'll get the discount there. It's all explained in AmericaOutloud.shop. Take a look there. I want to come back with a feisty segment now on the house. Speaker Mike Johnson, and uh, some real uh, tough spots are coming ahead here. It's going to be a pretty, uh, it's going to be a fisticuffs, I think, in the house here, just ahead here. Uh, stay right there. We'll join you just in a moment. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation Roundtable. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. Privileged to be with you always, my fellow Americans. Thank you for joining me on the mission and all of our beautiful friends around the world. Uh, you're always welcome here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, now, this is a new format, as I've been telling you, the, the VON Roundtable. And I want to talk now in this segment here uh, about the House and Speaker Mike Johnson. And we're going to go first here. We've got Paul Engel, Patricia Antone, and Daniel Baranowski here. Uh, Paul Engel is where we're going to start here on this one. And Paul, you, you wrote an interesting piece a little while back here. Can we learn from the speaker fight? And you get into some of the things about that speaker fight. 
And but I want to move the ball even quickly. I want to give a quick summary of what you what, what you think we should learn from that. But then let's jump right into well applying those lessons with now a new government shutdown coming up here in another week or so, or another continued resolution, or not what we want to happen, but what do you think is going to happen? Let's start first with that uh, summary of uh, what did we learn from the speaker fight, sir? Well, it was interesting because I, I didn't know much about Mike Johnson before he became speaker. And what I saw was it was the first time that I can remember that we all we actually saw a a fight among the Republicans as to whether or not they're going to stand by a promise. You, you know, we, we promised to stop the CRs, to go back to regular order, to have the appropriations bill. And as soon as the Democrats pushed, McCarthy folded like a cheap suit and get said, that's enough. We've had it. I, I move that we vacate the chair. And then we had, what, three weeks of arguments. You had one group that said, we have to go along as we've always done. We had another group that says, that's insane. We have to change. And they finally found somebody that was outside of the political sphere, we want to say the the political leadership, that both sides could hold their nose and and vote for. Mm -hmm. And so far, what I've seen Mike Johnson do has been pretty good. He's he's put forward actual appropriations bills. He he said, "Listen, you want to send money to Israel? Great. Um, we're not going to include your king. We're talking about Israel single issue bills. Uh, by the way, you want fourteen point seven billion dollars. Where are we going to get that money? Oh, I know. We'll get it from the IRS. This is what the people on the conservative side have been asking for for years." And you finally have somebody that's doing it. Now, what's interesting can, is- Can he toe the line? Can he toe the line on that, do you think? Well, the question is, will he stand up right. when the inevitable pushback comes from both the Republicans and the Democrats as the shutdown deadline looms? Because notice what's happened. He, The, the House passed several appropriations bills that have died in the Senate. Uh, he pushed forward, here we're going to have you know, $14 billion for Israel- Biden said he won't sign it. I want the money, but I'm not going to sign it. And it's this political negotiation. The question is, historically, the Republicans fold when the pressure builds. Will he stand or not? And mm-hmm. will anybody stand with him? Right, right. That's the other problem we have is on the few occasions when somebody stands up, they're taking the slings and arrows and they are, they are all alone. Yeah. Nobody politically stands with them. Well, they don't no, have the unity the left has, Paul. They never do. You know. Uh, well, the, the, you know what? In a in a tyranny, unity is easy. When one guy's calling the shots, it's easy right. to be unified. Right. The problem with liberty is it's messy. But yeah. as soon as things start to get messy, the the politicians and the people yeah. throw up their hands that we can't have that. Right, we, right. we can't have this. You want your thing, and I want mine, and let's compromise and see what we can do. Paul. We. We don't like it. And that is a great analysis, what you just delivered there. I mean, oh, that was just perfect, man. Uh, Your description, too, of liberty and the messiness of what that is versus the tyranny of uh, Thelma and Louise going right off the freaking cliff, which is where the Marxist left has taken us. Uh, On that note, let's get over to Patricia Antone, please, and opine on uh, some of this here. That uh, that was a great setup uh, from Paul. Um, Talking about, uh, is this steadfast? Can he stand tall? 
Um, as he, he put it out there perfectly, Patricia, speaking about the speaker and the way mm-hmm. they're getting back to some sort of semblance of order with getting the CRs, getting rid of them, but also using the money and the resources. Every, you know, everybody's supposed to know the, the the house has the purse strings, but yet they don't act like they do. Well, exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, and going back to what did we learn from from this whole fight was that I think there's less support in the country now for governance by the continuing resolution. And I and I think that's huge. I think that's a, a big tipping point that we've reached that that a lot of people now are uh, on both sides, on all the whole political spectrum are less tolerant of governance by continuing resolution. I think a lot of people see the inherent problems with that. So that's a good thing. And I think the other thing that we've learned is that it's easier to see the relative unknown. <laughs> so, you know, because it just uh, comes out of left field and boom, there he is. And who's this guy? So um, good, bad or ugly, that it is easier to seat a relative. Do you think unknown. he gives in or does he hold hold his ground, Patricia? Bottom line? I think he's I think he's going to attempt to hold his ground. And the big deal here is will he be perceived as having enough political support in the yeah. country yeah. that the good idea is to stand with him rather than to... to well, even more than just the country, will he have political support in the House of uh, Republicans, you know? Will they stay committed? Well, right? Will they stay well, behind actually, the Actually, I, I think it goes the other way around. I, I think that if... if, um, if if the the individual House members feel like their own constituents out there back home mm-hmm. want them to support the speaker, then I think that they they will okay. be more inclined. All right. All right, Daniel, let's get in here. This is a juicy topic, man, uh, uh, with the new speaker. First of all, do you like the speaker? Is he doing a good job? Does he hold does he hold a steadfast here? What happens? I love this speaker. I followed this fellow for about four years now, especially through testimony where he's a, a questioner. On the, on the panels. He's a brilliant questioner and he's a very unique style. He's very grounded in who he is, both as a person, as a Christian, as a father, as a legislator, as a constitutionalist. It's so it just was a perfect choice, all things considered, when you went through the groups. Maybe there's a cancer in the house. I don't know. But I one place that I'm pretty sure there's cancer, it's over in the Senate. And with Mitch McConnell there and the divisions that go on between the senators that want to move forward with things versus the ones that want to get along with everybody is a huge problem. I think he's I think he's that the real test is going to come with this continuing resolution. The continuing resolution is what supposedly was the straw that broke the camel's back with uh, Kevin McCarthy when, you know, he looked like he caved in and this a continuing resolution they were going to go with didn't have all the things that it should have had in it. I don't know what they're going to propose going forward with this continuing resolution. It's going to be very interesting to see how they negotiate that out. But I think that there won't be a government shutdown. The other way that they're going about this sends a uh, the way they're legislating sends a huge positive message on this offset for the funding to Israel. These things should be separate. You know, I mean, 
you you wouldn't make a stew throwing everything you found in the, you know in the refrigerator in a pantry into the one thing these things have to be considered one thing at a time well the reason and, Biden puts everything in there uh, Daniel, oh, I know. is i mean right i mean the, i mean that's uh, the, he runs like a rules like a dictator he and, wants and all Sh- of and, that yeah, right? yeah schumer says it's only going to be this way well they've staked out a position and i think it was brilliant because there is there, there is no sense whatsoever to um, uh, this business, to where uh, it's it's all got to be in there together. It just it doesn't it doesn't matter. Now it sense. sounds to me like if they could play the cards right right now with the, the the new speaker in there and with what you guys have laid out, this could be a game changer for the House of Representatives and especially coming up in the next twenty twenty four election. I mean, it's going to be real important to build on that House lead, not lose it. Oh yeah, I I think the house has got its hands full uh, going forward and trying to to maintain its position, but um, uh, I th- I think they've set the right tone now, and if if they just hold together, that that's going to be the key. You can't have any, and I don't think anybody's going to. I think that Matt Gates sort of, although he still holds himself as, as a hero, I I think most people ha- have some problem with the way that whole thing went down, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, it's very controversial. You either like him a lot or you don't like him at right. all. I, there are right. two schools of thought. I don't see anybody much in the middle here. Uh, oh, he's and- very good. He's you know, a lot of his arguments are very sound. But, right. but uh, I like Johnson, and I think they're going to continue on with him. I think they're going to grow, and I think they're going to be a formidable force against what Schumer wants to do, because Mike Johnson doesn't seem to have any back down to him. That, that's the point right there. And that's what I was trying to drive at. And there seems to be, does everybody agree with that assessment? Paul, do you agree with everything? And Patricia, what's just laid out does it, with what Daniel was sharing? Again, I don't know. I, I, I'm familiar with him, but not Mr. Johnson, not that well. So I, I can't read his mind. I don't know how strong his spine is. I, I was going to say, what I, what I do know is if he's alone, if he's the only man standing saying, right. we've got to hold the line at it, it won't work if it's unless and until the uh, people representatives period look at this and say this is a dysfunctional mess. We all belong in the loony bin. We must change something and say, okay, you're going to call us names. We don't care. We're no longer going to be this fiscally irresponsible. And well, if it's the if it's the Senate that refuses to pass legislation, it's their fault that it doesn't well, go through. But like to your point earlier, Paul, when you were saying too, uh the the split up of Israel and Ukraine, the fund and, and breaking up the fund in the way it should be. And, you know, if somebody's going to have to buckle in this game, it's either going to be the Biden administration and the left are going to have to. Bu- it's a game of uncle is what it is, Paul. Let's call it what it is. And they're either going to have to buckle or Johnson's got what somebody's going to have to buckle or we're going right off well, the edge here. No. Yes. It's going to take negotiation and compromise. The difference is for the last, oh, 30, 40, 50 years. The compromise has always been we start at the Democrats' point. We start at the Marxist point and move left. It's never let's find a compromise we can both hold our noses and and swallow. Yeah. It's always going to be we push to the brink and then we cap- then capitulate. And I think the people are I think enough American people are tired of it. But will they support right. their representatives? When the media is calling them names and the Democrats calling them names and and the government shuts down and the world doesn't end. And, you know, we will they stand when things get messy? 
And that's listen, going to be the big quest, the, I, the big test. I'm listening to all of you here, and, and I'm going to say back, and I'll, I'll, I'll point this right now to you, Patricia, and say this. As I've listened to some of your words and the way you chose them carefully, uh, I would say back to you that what you really are not saying, but you are saying, probably each of you, is the right they have no spine, uh, to, to, to be kind and a gentleman, I'll use that word. Uh, they have no spine. Uh, there's no there's no backdrop to these people. They, they give in easy. The, the left plays a far more devious but successful game at their end goal of, of accomplishing things they want to accomplish. The right does not. And that's an argument I bring up all the time, but nobody ever has an answer. You have anything to add to that, Patricia? Well, I I would say that it's not just so much they don't have a spine. Is that we're not we're not uh, it's not framed in the right way. We we are calling it left versus right, Democrat versus Republican. Even the name Democrat is a lie in that leftists undermine the democratic process at every pause in the conversation. What we need to be looking at and how we need to frame it up is the American viewpoint it's the american view of the human being society and the yeah. role of government and it's the un-american and anti-american you so know you bring up a point and i've been on top of this point actually now that you say what you say here and and uh, for instance here they use the maga you know and they use it with such a detest and a, a tone like that which is really you know okay make america great again i mean what could be so bad about that right i, I don't know shit you know and uh, but yet I tend not use MAGA or MAGA or whatever uh, because they branded that in such a way. And that's what they wanted to do. You started seeing that slip off their tongues uh, just a few weeks back. I think it's better, to your point, uh, Patricia, call it out as America first. Let them America. say, let them say, let them damn America first and tell America shouldn't be first. Let the American people hear that one, please. Exactly. And, and the other thing is, differentiating between an American viewpoint, which holds that the individual person yeah. Yeah. has a right and then, and, and, uh, and versus their collectivist ideas. So, yeah. and instead of us agreeing, because when we talk about right versus left and Republican versus Democrat, what we're doing is we're acquiescing to this, to the idea that each have moral equal value and they're not moral. No, I mean, we really are dealing with the unit party the here life and rife Right. Yeah. It's, it I, is a uniparty. We, we, everybody knows it. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Uh, well, there is a uniparty in Washington, but in terms of the American public out sure, here, sure. we recognize that Americans view the, the life and rights of the individual person yeah, as gotcha. sacrosanct. Well, yeah. it's a very interesting point that is being made here, and that if we take it to the people and let the people see this for what it is, Daniel, like a 30 seconds for real. Uh, I don't I don't use MAGA for all those reasons. I use America first. You see where we're going here. Absolutely. The manipulation of language by the left is masterful and we're terrible at it. Yeah. And so these things become stigmatized and they become pejorative when they, they shouldn't be. There's nothing wrong with make America great again or America first. But we have to recognize that there is a divide. We do believe as conservatives in the individual. And it has been the foundation of conservatism from the beginning. This is not true on the other side. They are into identity politics oh, and yeah. they are ruthless with its use. 
Okay, well, that's about as much as we can fit into an hour. I'm, I'm sad to say to you here, it is uh, full, full here. Uh, what a terrific conversation. Uh, big thank you here to Paul Engel, uh, Patricia Antone, Daniel Baranowski, uh, the VON Roundtable. You get a perspective of things, and I kind of like this a lot uh, because it brings out a very unique perspective and you get a flavor of the different things that you couldn't possibly do if it's just one person. So you, you get across a conversation. Uh, I like it. Let me know what you think. Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com. And again, thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.